Hello, so um, I'm recording this episode. I gave it to our Torah actually on Friday night on Parshas Vayigash. And I thought there were interesting ideas about the greatness of Yosef. And I thought Rashi helps elucidate certain, certain um, qualities of Yosef that I think you, we may have missed. So um, I spoke about it in Shul. I figured I might as well try to record it and uh, make it into an episode here. So, um, okay. So I'm in, uh, sitting in the airport here, waiting for my flight. So it might be a little bit noisy in the background, but um, just uh, should be fine. Okay, great. So um, this, at the end, of, again, Parshas Vayigash is largely the beginning of Vayigash, as we all know, is the, re, the reunion, if you will. Yosef finally tells his brothers uh, who he is, and then, uh, yeah, they send down for Yaakov, and Yaakov comes down, and now the family is reunited. And basically, at the end of the parsha, from Shavi on, it's kind of interesting. It basically says, is like, the brothers um, came down, and Yosef gave them a place to live in uh, Ramses, in Israel, and he supported them. Right, Lechem Lefiatafi. Basically gave them all the food that they needed. And then, again, right, I'm not by Shvi, I'm in Pagman Zion, Gimel, and so on. And then in the Torah, Rashi tells us the Torah goes back in time. Because, again, the brothers and, the, and Yaakov came down after two years of famine, the end of the second year. And now the, the, the Psukim go back to the beginning. And it tells us that the Rashi explains in Gimel, it's going back to the beginning of the famine. And it says, Basically, there was no food in the whole Mitzrayim. Everybody in Mitzrayim was very wary, weary because of the, the famine. They, get, they get, Yosef basically gathered all the money in all of Mitzrayim. In all of Mitzrayim, in all of Canaan, there was no money left. They all spent all their money to buy food, and all the, the money ran out. And all of Mitzrayim came to Yosef saying, listen, give us bread, because why are we going to die? We don't have any money. So Yosef said, okay, fine, so you don't have money. So instead, give us your cattle, and I'll give you... The food for your cattle. There's no money, and sure enough, they brought all their cattle, and this, and sure enough, he sold them bread in return for the horses, the flocks of sheep, the herd of cattle, the donkeys, and basically that year, they um, they sold, they used their again. This is the first year of the famine. They used all their animals to basically pay for their uh, for the food. And at the end of the year, they came in the second year and they said, "Listen, Yosef, we don't have anything here. We don't have any money. We don't have any animals. All we have is our bodies and our land. Why should we die?" Buy us, instead purchase us, and uh, we will become us and our lands, and we'll become servants, and our lands will be servants to Paro. He'll give us um, seed, we'll be able to plant it, and this way we won't die. We're good servants, and the land won't be fallow. What do, what do you gain by us dying and the land going fallow? So, sure enough, that's what Yosef did. Yosef bought the land, and it's fine to Paro, and all basically all the land became owned by Paro. Yosef gave them food and purchased all the land. And they, all the people also became servants. And then here's this strange pasuk, which Rashi explains. But it says, that's Pesach HaFalaf. It says, in the nation, Yosef moved to the cities. From one edge of the Mitzrayim to the other edge. And exactly what that means. He moved them in the city. So Rashi explains that basically Yosef brought, this is based on Unkelas, he basically moved the people around from city to city. He relocated all the Mitzrayim the different cities. And why? So Rashi explains it is to remind them that they don't have any portion in the land. And this way he took the people from this city and that city, from city A to city B, and from city B to city C, and city C to city A, basically to remind everybody that they don't have any portion in the land. Okay, and we have, we're going to try to understand the logic of that. But then Rashi says an interesting thing. He says, the Torah didn't have to tell us this. Why did the Torah tell us this? 
in order to, to let us know the praise of Yosef, that Yosef intended in doing this to remove the kherpa, the disgrace from his brothers, that people wouldn't call his brothers exiles, right? Because I guess his brothers were exiles in the land of Mitzrayim, and people would call them names, say, you guys are exiles. So now that, that Yosef moved all the Mitzrayim around, now everybody's exiles. So now they're not going to call the bad names to Yosef's brothers because everyone in exile, no one's in their land. Okay, and that's what the Rashi is saying. That's why the Torah is telling us about this. Okay, it's telling us that Yosef moved them all around in order to protect the brothers. Okay, and then basically, um, let me just finish up the second, and then we have I have some some questions on that Rashi, but let's just finish up. So then basically, it says only all the land became to Mitzrayim, except for the land of the Kohanim. Okay, and they, they basically kept their land, and then Yosef said to the people, he says, "Listen." I purchased all you guys and your land to Paro. And here, you know what? Let me give you seed so you can plant the plant the, uh, the, the produce and plant the seed in your fields, the fields which are Mitzrayim fields. And sure enough, when it comes time for the harvest, you should give um, a fifth, 20% to Paro. And four-fifths is going to go to you for your seed and for your family and, and everything, right? And this sounds like a generous offer. Basically, the land is really owned by the by Mitzrayim. But he's telling the people, you guys live there, you guys plant, I'll give you this seed, and you guys get to keep you guys get to keep eighty percent, and you only get part of twenty percent. And the people accepted this offer. They said, Hechisanu, you saved our lives, we find favor in your eyes, but you know them Paro, and we'll be servants to Paro. And sure enough, Yosef made this a chok, This was basically the deal. That the the Mitzrayim had given twenty percent tax and um Right, so the Mitzrayim they kept the rest. And then the pasuk ends, the parsha at the end. By the Jews lived in Mitzrayim, in Goshen, and they were fruitful and they multiplied and all that. Okay, so basically uh, the question is like this: is a, a bunch of questions on this on this Rashi on this pasukim. So first of all, the whole reason Rashi is saying is that the reason why Yosef, the way the Torah tells us that Yosef moved them around, was in order that the brothers wouldn't call the, wouldn't be called exiles. And the question is, who cares? What's the big deal? So they're called exiles, as they say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me. Is it such a big deal if people call them exiles? Doesn't it seem extreme to move the whole Mitzrayim from every everyone in Mitzrayim from place to place to place? Because you don't want your brothers to be called exiles. It just seems like uh, extreme. It doesn't seem like a big deal to be called exiles, and it seems like too big of a measure to avoid that. Secondly, is that why he moved everybody around? Is, it sounds like he's saying that's what Torah told us, that, his, that was his intent. But if that was his intent, what did he tell Paro? Did he tell Paro, I'm moving around everyone in the whole Mitzrayim because they don't want my brothers to be called exiles? It would seem to be Paro's not going to buy that. Is there, is there, you'd think there has to be some justification on the part of the Egyptians of why this is a good idea. And we'll see. There are other Rishonim who do say that, who say there is a good, another good justification why he moved it, why it was in the best interest of Mitzrayim itself. And we'll talk about that. But given that there, is, there has to be some justification why it's a good idea from Mitzrayim, then what does Rashi mean? The reason why he did this is for his brothers. I mean, the reason why he did it is for the Mitzrayim. So in what way, does, how does Rashi know, or what's the idea that he's doing it? Is he doing it because it makes sense for Mitzrayim, or is he doing it because it makes sense for it's because the brothers and their embarrassment? And thirdly, 
is Rashi is explaining why this Pasuk is written. He's saying the Torah is telling us this idea that he moved the people around in order to show you his praise, that he intended to remove the disgrace from the brothers. But I guess my question is, what's bothering Rashi? He wants to know why did the Torah tell us this Pasuk, that he moved the people from city to city? Why not ask a beggar question? Why is the Torah telling us this entire end of the Parsha? Why, who cares? Why do you need to tell me that what happened in the first year and they sold their animals and the second year they sold their bodies and then the protects and the 20%? I mean, why do you tell, tell me everything? Presumably, I don't know, there's some reason why it's interesting to tell us how Yosef ran Mitzrayim. And if that's the case, then this is all part of that picture. The part of the picture is the way he, can, he ruled Mitzrayim is that he moved the view from city to city. So what's bothering the Pasuk when it's saying, why, what's bothering Rashi is saying, is that, well, the only reason why the Torah told us this is to tell us Yosef praise, that he intended to remove the disgrace to brothers. It would seem that that's only explaining this one Pasuk. It's not explaining why this whole sequence of Pasuk is necessary. Okay. So in order to answer these questions, I think we should do is start with the other Rishonim. The other Rishonim is, why did Yosef do this? What was the point? What was his objective in moving the brothers and moving all, all the Mitzvah all over the place. So, again, this reason is stated. They all, all of them say roughly the same thing. Radak is Kuni Rashbam. I think that Kuni was the most clear. But you can look at all of them. But basically the idea that they're trying to say is like this. Is that, let's think about what Yosef is doing. Yosef is consolidating power. He's, after all, Paro's um, servant. who's trying to rule Mitzrayim and to, um, you know, arguably gain power for Paro, for Mitzrayim, for the country. That's his job. And he's... Basically, he, given that he collected all the food, he has all the power. He has the ability to get to the enrichment, try and take all their money, all the animals, all the land, all the servants. Totally, he's getting total absolute control over the people. Now, and the people, not only that, he has to be intelligent about it. He knows if you just take absolute power and you make the people angry, then they're going to rebel against you. Maybe not today, but tomorrow or whatever. So Yosef was intelligent about the way. You see at the end, they said, thank you. We found favor in your eyes. They looked at Yosef as like a savior. Thank you. So he was, he was gaining control and at the same time keeping the people happy. And that was part of his brilliance. This is the ability to simultaneously you know, build up power without disillusioning, you know, causing disillusionment among the people. Okay. Now Yosef had the foresight to realize that right now the people are very thankful. They're very appreciative. That, um, that, Yosef, that, Paro, that Yosef is giving them food and keeping them alive. But he knows the way people have very, very short memories. And what's going to happen is, is that once the famine ends, imagine basically you just keep everyone on their land. Everyone's on their land. And they basically, the land which they've lived on, their fathers, their grandfathers, their great-grandfathers, everyone's on their own land. And basically that land becomes sold to Paro. And now Paro owns the land. Now, again, they're very happy to sell it to Paro because it means this is the way they're going to live. But when the famine ends, they realize this is my land for my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather. They never, we never paid 20% to work our own land. We never gave money, this money to Paro. All of a sudden, now I have to start giving this money to Paro. All of a sudden, my land, my grandfather's land, great-grandfather's land belongs to Paro. I'm not happy about this. I'm living on this land. This is my land. Now, while it's true, it, it isn't your land anymore because of the famine. You sold it, but people forget. People aren't going to be happy. And while the people now are happy and appreciative, he knows that for people to be sitting on their own land, which is in their family for a long time, and now to know that they don't own their land, but they're, so to speak, working for Paro on Paro's land, it's just going to cause them conflict, and they're going to start resenting Yosef, they're going to start resenting the Shrine, and it's not going to be peaceful. So Yosef figured 
that is, the strategy is you can't let people stay on the land which they think is theirs, which they know in their history and their memory, their fathers or grandfathers is theirs. They have to, you have to break that attachment to land. You have to make them feel like they're, like they're not on their land. If they feel it's their land, they're going to resent it. So he said, I'm going to move them to different places. And now everybody is basically taken out of their land because they sold their land. And now they're on a new land, which, which Paro graciously gave them. They're living on government land. So they're living government land. They're not going to feel entitled to get any money on this land because after all, this is government land. This is land which Paro gave them. And they don't have any memories of being their land. It's not their land. It's the land which Paro gave them. So that's the idea. This is what the Farshim are saying. That's why Yosef did this. He moved the people around in order for the for Mitzri. Internal political reasoning for leaving, running Mitzrayim is he moved the people around in this way they were going to be able to appreciate they, they wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be appreciating Yosef today, and they appreciate Yosef and Paro in the long term, even, even after the famine is over. Okay, so that's good. But you still might ask, why do we need it to tell us this? Why does the Torah have to tell us altogether how Yosef, okay, this is like Mitzri politics and how Yosef ran Mitzrayim. Okay, but look, there's a lot of things Yosef did. I understand why you have to tell me how Yosef collected all the food from Mitzrayim. Because that was relevant to our whole story. The brothers went to Mitzrayim to get the food. And that, that's the whole theme of the story. All these parshas make sense because Paro, Yosef collected all the food. So why is it relevant? This is like, seems like internal Mitzrayim politics about how Yosef consolidated power. Why do we even care about this? Okay, so in order to answer that question, let's digress. So you'll actually claim that the reason why Yosef did this is, uh, or why that Yosef had this intent. So it was telling us about the story because the Torah, Yosef was, it's a shevach of Yosef, that he was really trying to, to make it that no one would call the brothers golem, exiles. And we asked the question is, who cares? What's the difference if people call the, 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 the brothers exile? So I think we have to think about it. It's like, if, if you think back to the Haggadah, let's digress to the Haggadah. So in Haggadah and Pesach, we say, Vayisham Ligai, the Jews were in Mitzrayim, they became a nation. And it says, Nalamisha Yisrael Mitzuyanim Sham, it teaches us that the Jews were Mitzuyanim, were successful in Mitzrayim. You might say, who cares? Maybe when you read the Haggadah, I feel like we, this is like a question which all that bothers me, but I never put my finger on it. Which is, who cares that the Jews are successful in Mitzrayim? They're successful for X amount of years, then they became slaves and thrown into, you know, thrown into, into slavery. What's the difference? What's the relevance? Who cares that they were successful? And I think the answer is, is that it's important, it was very important for them to be successful. Yosef knew they're about to go into a deep, long Gullus. And if you go into Gullus, there's always a risk of assimilation. Is the risk they're just basically going to fall into the you know fall into the Mitzri culture, and he knew that it was important to have a strong Jewish identity, as you see Chazal say that the Jews didn't lose their language, their clothing, and their names. You see, they had a strong identity of the of Yisrael, and it could be held is that that the Jews went down to Mitzrayim and they were abused and they were called names. You're exiles. You guys are immigrants. You don't belong here. Get out of here. They're just going to feel. You know, they're going to feel weak, they're going to feel like they don't belong, and they're just going to slowly assimilate, and they're going to blend into the nation. If, that, if they have that, if they have that, um, people have that attitude toward them. On the other hand, Pari Yosef knew that if, on the other hand, everybody in Mitzrayim are exiled, there's nobody who belongs, everybody is in a land which is not theirs, then the brothers are going to be able to, to, not, to not be those, you know, nebuchs but they're going to be able to build a strength. And then, as the God said, they're going to be able to emerge as a strong nation because, after all, they were smart, they were talented people, and they're not 
labeled as exiles. So he knew that for their self-esteem, for their strength, for building a nation, it was important for them to make it through the gullus that they would, wouldn't be abused. They wouldn't be the nebuchs of society. And rather, they would be a strong group who would uh, be the same as everybody else. And then their strengths would be able to propel them forward. So the point is, now, so now put considering that together. So if we say, so the question was, why did Yosef do this? Did Yosef, did Yosef put the brothers, move everybody around because he was protecting the brothers, as Rashi is saying, or did he move around because it was for the best interest of Mitzrayim? So that, and, and that, right, the best interest of Mitzrayim, that everybody would, um, and as Rashi does say that also, he says, to remind them, that they didn't have any portion in the land, as all the Mufarshim say, and Rashi also references. So which one is it? And I think the answer is, and this shows us the greatness of Yosef, that the answer is that it was both. That Yosef, this is the greatness of Yosef, is that see, Yosef was Safnas Paneach. He was the great leader of Mitzrayim, the most powerful nation of the world. But Yosef was also the one who his father, Yaakov, picked to be the leader of Kalyasam. And Yosef, the same, Safnas Paneach was the same Yosef, the same leader of Mitzrayim, but the leader of Kalyasam. And he was able to wear both hats simultaneously. He was able to take moves which kept the best interests of Mitzrayim in mind. By relocating all the Mitzrayim, he basically, by looking at everybody, all the Mitzrayim, he was able to consolidate power and to keep power of the nation. And he was simultaneously, that same move was also that which was the best interest of Chai Yisrael mind, which helped, helped the B'nai Yisrael emerge as the nation which is better. And I think that's what the, this Pasuk is referencing. The reason why the Torah is even telling us this entire thing. See, I think when it says, why does the, why does the Torah tell us this? I don't think it just means that one Pasuk. I think the whole end of the parasha. It's showing you how the success of Yosef as leader of Mitzrayim, and it's integrating it into the success of Yosef as leader of Kali Yisrael. That's why the parsha from Shvi, it begins by telling us that that um, he populated, settled the Jews in Mitzrayim and gave them food. And then it digresses to the first two years of the famine. and tells us the whole build, lead up, and then it says ultimately after the second year how he moved the people around. And built up a, a powerful Mitzri society with the taxes and everything. And then at the very end of the parasha, it says, ah, and the Jews lived in Mitzrayim and Goshen, and they were and they were fruitful and multiplied. So it's like weaving together, the whole from Shvi on is weaving together Yosef's two roles and showing how he was able to perfectly balance both of them. And I think this is an indication of the godless of Yosef. As you see, Yaakov noticed the talent in Yosef. He noticed his abilities. And this type of ability to be able to, to simultaneously manage two entirely different nations with entirely different objectives and to seamlessly do it is part of what uh, we can see. Okay. Take care, everybody.